You're listening to another football episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns with your host, Bully Rye. That's right, everybody. It's another football episode of Tap Outs and Touchdowns. It's your guy, Bully Rye. And I'm going to start off the show today by apologizing profusely about not having a wrestling episode this week or last week. Um, as uh, you will hear uh, when I when I do launch the all-out pay-per-view review, the first time it was PJ's fault, and this time it was my fault. Listen, I'm going to be honest with you, and I'm going to give you a little peek in behind the curtain, uh, not just with the show, but behind the curtain with um, with my personal life, which I haven't done in quite some time. Um, I've got some family moving in with me uh, within the next few days, actually. Um, I went through a life change a few years ago, um, and unbeknownst to me, a lot of that life change was still in my house. Uh, I needed to obviously make room uh, for my family moving in, and let's just say there there was a lot of stuff left behind that I was unaware of. So um, even peeking further behind the curtain, um, I know I mentioned uh, on an episode some time ago that I kind of went through a time where my AC crapped out on me, my refrigerator crapped out on me. So it's been one thing after another here in the Bully Rye household. Um, And obviously when you have a house with no air conditioning, you're trying to do everything you can to conserve that energy, to stay cool, especially when you're living in the South. Uh, So I didn't get the head start on what I would have liked to have done to get my house ready for for new house guests uh, or new new roommates, I should say at this point. Um, So I have been really busy doing a lot of decluttering. um, And it's also not just been a decluttering physically, but it's been a decluttering mentally. So um, I do want to kind of throw out there as sort of a bonus little here uh, that if you haven't ever gone through sort of a decluttering um it's been very cleansing to me uh just not that i had something weighing on my shoulders and weighing on my chest but i know now exactly what i have in my house exactly what i'm dealing with just when it comes to my possessions and it's just it's been so cleansing and nice and just fulfilling so um nevertheless with all that being said uh, there's been many nights where I've been up till uh, way too late, way past my bedtime. Um, so I'm, I haven't been getting much sleep from uh, in, in order to, to do my day job, right? So um, with everything I've been doing at my house, with everything that I've been doing uh, with my job, it's been hard for me to get down at the computer and, and make the edits on that all-out show. So I promise you that all-out show will be released next week. Uh, and then PJ and I are going to do a special bonus episode somewhere down the line uh, to sort of make up for it. So now that that's out of the way, let's get into the pregame warm-up of tap-outs and touchdowns. The pregame warm-up, again, is if you've been paying attention to the show the last few weeks, are, are we're going to go over the best games of the week from bro, both pro and college football. Um, a lot of really fun games uh, this past weekend. NCAA week uh, four, oh, man, uh, you've got some games here that you probably weren't watching because they weren't anything that that kind of, you know, called out to you. So there was an ACC matchup, Syracuse and Virginia. 
Uh, Syracuse kicks a field goal with a minute and 17 left, wins 22 to 20. So a pretty exciting close game. An SEC showdown, Auburn and Missouri. If you didn't watch this game, what a heartbreak for the University of Missouri. Auburn playing without their star quarterback. Missouri has a chance to kick a field goal at the end of the game and misses. Uh, ends up losing in overtime 17 to 14 to Auburn. Uh, but sort of one of those games that like, okay, we know who's going to win, and then it doesn't happen. Um, a wild game at Michigan. Number four, Michigan taken on Maryland, 34 to 27, your final. Uh, Michigan pulled away late. Maryland scored late to make it look closer, um, but it was a wild game early on. Probably one of the biggest shockers of the day, though, comes out of the ACC as well. Number 25, Miami hosting Middle Tennessee State. They lose to Middle Tennessee State 45-31. to uh, Middle Tennessee State improves to 3-0 all-time against the University of Miami. That is the worst record Miami holds against a single university in, in the school history. Uh, so Middle Tennessee State does not lose to the U. A couple other games to note. Again, Texas dealing with a, a, their loss of their quarterback as well. Gets knocked off by Texas Tech in overtime, 37-34. to 34. Uh, You've got Kansas State knocking off Oklahoma, the number six team in the country, 41-34. to 34. And the SEC games of the week, number 20, Florida, uh, traveling to number 11, Tennessee. What a classic this was, a 3.30 kickoff on CBS. Florida loses to Tennessee 38-33. to 33. Tennessee pulled away a few times in that game, but it was a really fun game to watch. And you talk about another fun game to watch, number 10, Arkansas, uh, number 23, Texas A&M. Arkansas led at one time 14 to nothing. They would miss a late field goal in this game and lose to Texas A&M 23 to 21. So some really fun action coming out of college football last week. And uh, the NFL was no different moving right along here. The AFC North, there was a barn burner on Thursday night football. And I've talked about on this show that Thursday night football games are generally not very exciting. Uh, but this one was, and Cleveland looked dominant in this game at times. Cleveland defeats the Pittsburgh Steelers 29-17 to on Thursday night football. Uh, the next game up was the, was the one game that I caught the most of, and it's because I'm, I'm going to be a homer here. Uh, the Detroit Lions taking on the Minnesota Vikings. Detroit got up to a 14-0 lead in this game as well. Unfortunately, this is the same game saw both DeAndre Swift and Amon Ross St. Brown get hurt. Swift look like, looks like he's going to miss a few weeks with not only an ankle injury but a sprained shoulder. Uh, Amon Ross St. Brown looks to have uh, some sort of ankle issue. They would play through the end of this game, but very sparingly. I noticed I did not see Amon Ross St. Brown on the field until it was maybe like a third down play. Uh, DeAndre Swift only played when it was absolutely necessary. They give up a late lead. Minnesota kicks a, or, or scores a touchdown late. With just a just a little time to left, uh, you'd see Jared Goff try to lead him down the field, and he would throw an interception. The Minnesota Vikings come back and knock off the Lions, twenty-eight to twenty-four. The Lions fall to one and two, uh, but more importantly, they'll be without DeAndre Swift for the next few weeks, and we don't know the status of Amon Ross St. Brown. Uh, but again, you talk about the Lions losing one-score games. Here's another one: twenty-eight to twenty-four, a loss by four. There were some big surprises because if you wanted to say that Detroit losing in a one-score game isn't surprising, you'd be right. But there were some surprising scores on Sunday. The winless Colts 
stunned the previously undefeated Kansas City Chiefs 20-17. to Just remarkable how the Colts looked just absolutely lost a week prior win this game against the Chiefs. I've been talking to everybody all season. I've been doing it in real life. I've been doing it in group chats. Uh, my buddy uh, Bill is a big Dolphins fan. I said, listen, you guys are going to be good this year. I did not think they were going to be this good. They shocked the Buffalo Bills. 21-19, to 19, there was a punt late in that game where the Miami Dolphins puncher kicked the ball into his blocker's uh, butt, which is why I'm calling it the butt punt. While everybody else termed it the butt punt, I'm just following suit. Uh, even despite that butt punt going out the back of the end zone for a safety, the Dolphins are now the only 3-0 and team in the AFC, one of two NFL undefeateds uh, going right now. Uh, you talk about another surprising score. Uh, the Chargers, uh, without Keenan Allen, with a banged-up Justin Herbert, lay an absolute egg against a visiting Jacksonville Jaguars, 38-10. to Just absolutely remarkable. I believe Trevor Lawrence was named AC, AF, AFC player, uh, Offensive Player of the Week. Uh, kudos to him, I suppose. But the Chargers did not look good. Uh, had some injuries happen in this game, including Joey Bosa, who had – Earlier this week had abdomen surgery, core surgery, if you will. Uh, so the Chargers are, are hurting right now, and they can't afford to be hurting in that division with the Chiefs, the Broncos, and the, the Raiders. Speaking of Broncos, uh, they squeaked out a win on Sunday night football. What a score. 11-10, to 10, the Broncos get the win over the San Francisco 49ers. Monday night football. The Cowboys improved to 2-0 with Cooper Rush at quarterback. Dak Prescott obviously hurt. They beat the New York Giants on Monday Night Football 23-16. Another situation where the Giants had the ball, had a chance to go down the field and tie the game, could not do it. So a really fun game to watch. Um, finished later than you'd expect it to, but uh, the surprising note here is that Tony Pollard let all rushers in this game. Uh, not Zeke, not Saquon Barkley, Tony Pollard. Uh, so a really fun game to watch. A lot of fun games, and I keep using the word fun, and I'm going to try not to. Um, games in college and pro football last week. Um, unfortunately, I got some bad news about bullies, buys, and sells. So we're going to take our first first break. We come back, we are going to do some more buys and sells. Uh, but I've got some unfortunate news as to how bad I did week prior. Stay tuned to see how bad I did and to hear – who I'm buying and selling this coming week right here on Tap House and Touchdowns. Established in 2008, One Stop Repairs in North Charleston, South Carolina is your one-stop shop for all your electronic repair needs. Specializing in cell phones, tablets, computers, laptops, and game consoles, One Stop Repairs offers reputable and quality service with the quickest turnaround time and most competitive prices in the Lowcountry. You can find them on Google with an exceptional 4.9 star rating or on Facebook or by searching One Stop Repairs. That's the number one, One Stop Repairs. Call today for a quote at 843-343-6310. That's the number one, One Stop Repairs. That's right. It's your guy, Bully Rye, back here with the first half of the show, Bullies, Buys, and Sells, and I faked y'all out. I didn't have a bad week in Buys and Sells. I had a great week in Buys and Sells. Five and three on the week. Yeah, it sounds pretty middle of the road, 
but man, um, if you follow my advice, uh, it probably helped you. I was I off I was off on Jared Goff, right? Uh, didn't have the week I expected him to, which which is really disappointing. In my main league, uh, the Fricks Fantasy League, if you will, shout out to anybody on that in that league who listens to this podcast. Um, I had to pick up a quarterback because I was running with Justin Herbert, who was a true game time decision in the four o'clock games. So I had to drop somebody in order to pick up uh, Jared Goff to start. My backup quarterback was Deshaun Watson, who's obviously out until the end of the season. And I dropped Jamal Williams. And as, as I already spoke about in the pregame warm-up, DeAndre Swift went down, and Jamal Williams will be the starter for the next few weeks. And he went up with two touchdowns in that game. So I digress. I was wrong with Jared Goff. Um, I, I told you to buy in on Josh Jacobs and A.J. Brown, both exceeded projections. Uh, Dawson Knox came close. Um, when it comes to selling, I told you to sell on Russell Wilson. I think he scored nine points, so I was right there. James Conner did play, only scored 8.7 8. fantasy points, as I expected. Brandon Cooks, the biggest one, 4.2 points after projected 14. Uh, I was wrong on Kyle Pitts. I've been selling Kyle Pitts all year. Scores 13 points. That's four points over projection. I should mention I'm in uh, Volley Polly's league. Uh, if, if I mentioned him a few times on the show uh, of Polly's Pickums. I actually did his show uh, this past week to talk about some, some football and fantasy football. So make sure you go out and check that episode because we had a lot of fun football talk. Um, he runs a fantasy football league that I've joined this year. Um, somebody just outright dropped Kyle Pitts. And I, I, I guess – I, I would be risk, remiss if I didn't say that when I sell these guys, I'm not telling you to drop these guys. I'm telling you not to play these guys this week. If you've got a starter at any position on an NFL roster on your fantasy team, do not just outright drop them unless they're, they go down for the year like Sterling Shepard unfortunately did on Monday Night Football. Kyle Pitts should not be able to be picked up by me. And I did. He's not starting this week. I don't even remember. I think I'm starting TJ Hawkinson. So he's not starting this week. But maybe he does break out and prove me wrong. Now I've got a starting tight end that's that's a monster uh, that I can throw in because somebody just was outright done with him. I had another guy tell me that somebody dropped Miles Sanders in his league. And I've, I've been an advocate on this show in prior years uh, against – drafting and playing Miles Sanders. But again, you don't drop the number one option at any any skill position on your fantasy roster. Uh, with that all being said, let's go ahead and move into this week's buys and sells. 13 and 11 on the season. So kind of middle of the pack. I'm hoping, hoping that this week, and not really right to the ship because I had a winning record last year, but hopefully we'll get closer to 1,000 here uh, from a statistical standpoint. Let's get into boys' buys, starting at quarterback. Cleveland Browns quarterback Jacoby Brissett projected 18.6 points. Had himself a day against the Steelers last week on Thursday Night Football. Uh, he's built a pretty good rapport with both Amari Cooper and David Njoku. Uh, listen, it almost feels like they don't need to shot Watson when he's available to come back, be it to practice or to actually play. Brissett has been surprisingly really good for the Browns. Uh, the Browns take on the Falcons this week, currently ranked 23rd against opposing quarterbacks, and just gave up 300-plus yards and two passing touchdowns 
to Geno Smith, albeit in a win last week. Uh, I love Jacoby Brissett to go over his 18.6 projections. So if you're if you're like me and you're struggling with, uh, I, I can't imagine you be starting Mac Jones, but he's going to miss some time. If you're struggling at quarterback, maybe you've got a Tua that you don't know how hurt he is after last week. Maybe you've got a Justin Herbert who obviously struggled last week. You've got maybe an Aaron Rodgers or a Tom Brady, and I know it sounds crazy to tell you to start Jacoby Brissett over Tom Brady or Aaron Rodgers. Now, Brady gets back Mike Evans this week, but listen, Jacoby Brissett is a nice weak, weak fill-in here, um, and I'm I'm buying in on him this week. If you need a quarterback this week, you could do a lot worse than Jacoby Brissett. Next up at running back, I mentioned him already in the show. Detroit Lions running back Jamal Williams currently projected 14.4 points. DeAndre Swift set to miss a few weeks with a bad ankle and a shoulder sprain. Uh, last week, I mentioned again earlier in the show, 87 yards rushing and two touchdowns against the Vikings last week. And now the Lions get the fourth worst defense against opposing running backs in fantasy in the Seattle Seahawks who gave up a monster day to Cordero Patterson last week. I'm loving Jamal Williams. Like I said, I am sick to my stomach that I dropped him in the one league that I did drop him in, especially considering my running back options are Cam Akers, Antonio Gibson, Zeke Elliott, and Tony Pollard, and and Michael Carter for that matter. So um, Antonio Gibson is a solid start, but with the Cowboys running backs, you never know. So uh, kicking myself, and I will kick myself forever for not sticking with Jamal Williams, especially this week. Next up, moving right along, buying in on wide receiver. This is a Pittsburgh Steeler. Deontay Johnson projected 14.4 points, the exact projection for Jamal Williams. Uh, listen, with Mitch Trubisky in at quarterback, uh, George Pickens is a really inconsistent, flashy player, drops the next pass. Deontay Johnson is the clear-cut number one wide receiver in this offense and a favorite target for uh, Mitch Trubisky. Last, uh, he's got on the season 21 receptions, 196 yards, but he's got no scores through week three. I see him getting into the end zone against the Jets defense, allowing the 10th most points to wide receivers in fantasy this week. I'm going to buy on Deontay Johnson. Tight ends, listen, it's so hard to buy and sell tight ends because the only tight ends with high projections are guys like Mark Andrews, Travis Kelsey, and now George Kittle. And Kittle, I don't believe, hit his projection. I think he had three catches last week. Um, we we may be talking about him in a little while here. Uh, but my tight end I'm buying this week is Green Bay Packers tight end Robert Tanyan currently projected 8.3 points. Uh, listen, you've got Romeo Dobbs starting to come along here for the Packers, but Robert Tanyan is clearly the most reliable option of the Packers uh, receiving core. Uh, they're getting a Patriots defense this week, allowing the fourth most points to opposing tight ends. I, I, you know, I listen, I like Tanya this week more so than I like Dobbs. I don't like the Packers in general because the, the, the strong suit for the Tampa Bay Buccaneers has been their defense. Uh, but again, they're giving up points to tight ends, which is why I'm buying Robert Tanya. So let's recap real quick. My bullies buys for week four in the, NFL week four fantasy football quarterback to tight end Jacoby Brissett, Jamal Williams, Deontay Johnson, and Robert Tanyan. Let's not waste any time. Shall we? I know you're looking to see who I'm selling this week. 
because I've got some star fantasy players who I'm selling this week. And I'm starting it off with my quarterback in my main league, Justin Herbert. He is currently projected 23.6 fantasy points in my scoring system on ESPN.com. Tight ends are worth six points, so take that into consideration. But listen, Justin Herbert almost missed last week due to torn cartilage in his ribs. Probably should have sat out. I mentioned a few times in the show, but dominated by Jacksonville's defense. Somehow, the Houston Texans are ranked fourth against opposing quarterbacks in fantasy. And from a personal standpoint, I just want Justin Herbert to sit this one out and get healthy or he's in for another really long day. And I don't know. Listen, I'm no doctor. I'm no trainer. I don't know anything about medicine. But I feel like the more he gets hit in ribs where there's torn cartilage, the bigger of a chance he has to aggravate that injury or worsen that injury. I'm selling Justin Herbert this week. At running back, uh, maybe not so much of a leap, um, but it, de- it depends. Uh, Minnesota Vikings running back, Dalvin Cook, projected 15.6 points. Uh, in that game against the Lions, he did get hurt, did not return to the game uh, as he was shut down. Uh, but apparently, Dalvin Cook is not set to miss any time. Uh, last week, I mentioned uh, to, to sit James Conner, or I was I – was, uh, selling James Conner last week. Um, the Vikings need Dalvin Cook long-term. They can't risk further injury to get one more week out of Dalvin Cook and then sit him for a month and a half. They need him healthy for the entire season. They've got probably the most formidable backup running back, and I say that knowing that the Browns have Kareem Hunt as a backup, but he's really like a 1B for that offense. But when you've got a guy like Alexander Madison in the backfield, they don't need to put Dalvin Cook at any more risk. Um, listen, I fully expect an extremely reduced, reduced role uh, for this week uh, for for Cook this week. Um, listen, you can roll with him because he's your stud, but if he plays, he's not going to hit that projection. So I'm selling Dalvin Cook this week. The wide receiver breaks my heart, breaks my heart to sell on this wide receiver. And it's not because I don't think he's going to be good this week. I think if he was healthy, he would be great this week. Like he has every other week this season of fantasy. And that's Detroit wide receiver. Amon Ra St. Brown currently projected 18.3 points last week. He saw his eight catch streak come to an end. So he is currently tied for the first all time in NFL history in most consecutive eight reception games. He finished the last week with six receptions, no touchdowns. Um, but I mentioned a few times in the show already, uh, hurt his ankle, went into the locker room to tape it up, never sat down because he didn't want his ankle to tighten up. Um, Seattle, uh, again, take it for what it's worth, currently giving up the fifth fewest points to opposing wide receivers in fantasy. I think – the safe bet would be to, to sit Amon Ross St. Brown for a week. Um, if he plays, I think he's going to be used as more of a decoy role. Then let's get him into the open field. Let's get him hurt and possibly roll up on that ankle again. Um, listen, get him healthy. Get him 100%. You're going to need Amon Ross St. Brown if you're going to make a run at the playoffs this year if you're Detroit. Not to mention you got Jamison Williams coming in. 
hopefully sometime this season. So Jamison Williams, Amon Ross St. Brown might be one of the most formidable wide receiver pair in the NFL. If you can get them both healthy and playing sit Amon Ross St. Brown this week. Mentioned this guy when I was talking about buys, but I'm selling San Francisco tight end George Kittle currently projected 11.5 points. Made his season debut in week three, and here's that stat line I was telling you about. Only five targets, four receptions, 28 yards, 6.8 points in his fantasy debut. Combine that with the fact that the Rams ranked third against opposing tight ends in fantasy this season and are very familiar with George Kittle. Not to mention the Broncos just held San Francisco uh, to 10 points on Sunday night football. Um, I expect a good game for the wide receivers. Not so much uh, George Kittle. You know, I'm reading this aloud, and I'm realizing that somehow I mixed this up. Oh, well, here it is. That's because they held uh, – I'm an idiot. I somehow got myself mixed up when I wrote my notes about the Broncos. Uh, but with, with that, that San Francisco offense clearly struggling. Um, I, I'm not a fan of George Kittle, not to mention with the Rams playing the tight ends well. Forgive that little fumble at the end there, if you will. Uh, we, uh, yeah, to recap, my bully sells some star players in fantasy football in the last couple of years. Justin Herbert, Dalvin Cook, Amon Ross St. Brown, and George Kittle are who I'm selling in fantasy this week. Folks, we're going to take one more one more quick break. When we come back, we are going to get into the second half where we talk all things Frick's Picks, the games of the week coming forward, get into some college pick-up stand-up uh, or, or college pick-up standings, uh, NFL pickskin pick-up standings from our, our, our uh, groups on ESPN.com. I'll remind you where to go and see those there. But stay tuned. We're going to take our last break. We come back second half right here on Tap House and Touchdowns. All right, everybody, welcome back to the second half of the show. We are going to wrap up this week's football talk with second half and Frick's picks, the games of the week coming in both college and pro football. Uh, let's recap a fake jab with bullies, buys, and sells, how bad I did. Uh, I'm not faking you out. I had a bad week in Frick's picks. Two and six last week. Uh, Gives me an identical 13 and 11 record that I have in the buys and sells. The only correct uh, picks from last week was Florida covering against Tennessee and the Lions covering because I had the Lions going outright. Uh, again, the Wake Forest Clemson game was an exciting shootout. Uh, Clemson did not cover that spread. I had Duke beating Kansas, so I didn't work that one. That AM spread was like a point and a half. The fact that Arkansas didn't win that game and lost by two. Uh, killed that pick. Uh, Buffalo, Miami. Um, I thought Buffalo, I said it last week, Buffalo beats everybody by multiple scores until they show me otherwise. And they showed me otherwise last week. Obviously, Green Bay, Tampa Bay, and San Francisco, Denver. I got all those picks wrong. Um, let's take a quick look at the ESPN.com college pick em standings and NFL pigskin pick em standings. A reminder if you want to play along, go to ESPN.com. Go to the fantasy games to find college football pick'em, NFL pickskin pick'em. Uh, you can create your your straight picks. Uh, search for the group tap outs and touchdowns and pick along with me uh, and see how well you can play against me throughout the season. 
uh, the player with the best record in both pools uh, gets not only to host a segment on the show, uh, but also gets the first ever Tap House and Touchdowns t-shirt. Uh, so let's get right to it. The Tap House and Touchdowns college pick of standings. Uh, I don't think there was a lot of movement here. I know I fell in the rankings. Potsy currently sits number one in the standings at 26 and 14. He did move up from two to one this week. Buck will drop down to number two, 25 and 15. Volley Polly jumps in the standings with a record of 24 and 16. And I drop down to tie the ESPN 6132. Uh, pool we both sit at 23 and 17 in the college games moving right along to the nfl pigskin pickums i truly don't believe there was any movement here greek stays number one 27 and 20 on the season your guy bully rye in second place 25 and 21 uh potsy did jump up a spot uh 23 and 24 on the season i'm not sure if volley poly uh, forgot to make picks or if I just missed him because he fell out of the top five. We've got a storming Sam Morris. Uh, good to see you making picks with us, Sam. I have not seen you yet this season. She sits at number four, 21 and 25. Buck stays in the five spot at 20 and 26. So keep making your picks again. Go to ESPN.com. A free plug because I have no affiliation with ESPN, clearly, because if I did, I would not have a day job where I have to wake up at uh, sometimes 4.30, 5 o'clock in the morning. That being said, we are at the fourth quarter. Uh, we are going to go into Frick's Picks, my games of the week, both in college football week five and the NFL week four. There are some really fun games to watch. Uh, I should mention one as a homer. I'm going to mention South Carolina. Move that game up. That game will be playing tonight if you're listening to this podcast the day that I released it. They moved their game up two days because of concerns from Hurricane. I believe it's Ira. Uh, but but nevertheless, I get to watch a Thursday night Carolina game for the first time since I was in college. So I'm kind of excited about that. Kind of bummed that I can't make it because of everything I've got going on in my house. Uh, but uh, when I, I, I saw a bunch of the people that I normally go with and tailgate with, and none of them are going to make it to the game. So sort of concerned that there's not going to be a big crowd. Uh, but nevertheless, excited to watch some Thursday night college football uh, this week. But let's get into the actual games we're going we're gonna to pick. Uh, let's start off with a noon kickoff game, an SEC showdown, undefeated SEC showdown. Number seven, Kentucky going to number 14, Ole Miss. Ole Miss, a seven-point favorite in this game at home. Again, undefeated SEC matchup. Sign me up, brother. Kentucky's best win on the season came in week two against the Florida in the swamp on the road. The week after Florida had just knocked off Utah, essentially shutting down all of that momentum that Florida had uh, with that win. On the flip side of it, Ole Miss has blown out every team on their schedule, including a 42 to nothing shellacking of Georgia Tech in week three. But they barely squeaked out an eight-point win against Tulsa last week. Genuinely surprised Ole Miss not only is the favorite, but such a heavy favorite. Give me Kentucky, man. Kentucky's not only going to cover this seven points, but they're going to win outright. Like, I don't understand. Listen, I hate Kentucky just as much as the next South Carolina fan. South Carolina fans on their, on their schedule, we used to always pencil in two wins, Vanderbilt and Kentucky. 
and somehow Kentucky has surpassed South Carolina in the SEC hierarchy. And the fact that not only are they ranked higher, uh, but they have a better win on their schedule. I don't. I mean, listen, Vegas knows what they're doing. Like the, the people that, that make these spreads know what they're doing. But give me Kentucky all day and twice on Sunday, man. They're gonna they're gonna win this game outright. Um, I think it'll be a fun game to watch. But give me Kentucky in this uh, in this game. We're gonna go right back to another Wake Forest game. It's the second game of the week. Number 22, Wake Forest coming off their loss against Clemson, taking on number 23, Florida State at 3.30 kickoff. Florida State, a seven-point favorite. Florida State just blew out Boston College last week, uh, and Wake Forest gave Clemson all they could handle, uh, but they, at the end, you know, they just couldn't come up with the, with the win in overtime. Uh, Florida, Florida State battle-tested, again, Already two ACC wins on the on the season, including the shellacking to Boston College, had a barn burner in week one of the of the college football season that saw LSU go down the field, score the touchdown, but miss the extra point to tie the game to end regulation. Uh, Florida State gets that win there. Um, listen, I just think Wake Forest is the better overall team. They got a they got a star quarterback who's going to be great in the NFL when he does come out. Um, I think they're at least going to cover uh, Florida state's probably getting an extra few points because they're playing down in Tallahassee. But then again, with the hurricane looming, you don't know how that game is going to, is going to uh, progress. Um, listen, like I said, I got, I, I think wake forest will win this game as well, but they're at least going to cover that spread. Give me wake forest uh, against Florida state. Oklahoma State, the number nine team in the country, taking on number 16, Baylor, is our third game. Another 3.30 kickoff. Baylor, a two-and-a-half point favorite. Uh, listen, Baylor preseason was a dark horse for some people to make the college football playoff, but they lost in week two to BYU. Uh, did not bode well, obviously, for their college football playoff. They, they dropped all the way down to, to currently 16. Um Meanwhile, Oklahoma State has won all three of their games this year by two scores or more. Listen, something to me screams, and I can't really put my finger on it. I can't, I can't tell you that defense wins games and Baylor's got a better defense. I can't tell you that Baylor's got a better quarterback because I'll be completely honest, I'm not all that familiar with Baylor's roster. I don't particularly like Baylor from a university standpoint, from an athletic standpoint, but something screams to me that Baylor – Wants to prove a point after dropping that game to BYU early in the season. So I'm taking Baylor to cover that two-and-a-half-point spread and win by a field goal. Again, potentially another really fun game to watch at 3.30. The last game on Frick's Picks in college this week, uh, we've already talked about Wake Forest. Now we're going back to Clemson. Number 10, North Carolina State at number 5, Clemson. Clemson a six-and-a-half point favorite 730 kickoff uh we talked about the undefeated undefeated sec matchup now we get an undefeated acc matchup acc foes face off here north carolina state however struggled with ecu in week one squeaked out that win by a single point uh but listen hasn't won another game by less than 13 points since then uh clemson needed that fourth quarter comeback uh push and overtime to knock off wake forest last week Clemson tends to break away late in games. Uh, I think they're a good third and fourth quarter team. Last week, obviously, making that push in the fourth quarter to force overtime would suggest that as well. I think this game is just going to be too close from start to finish. 
I think it'll be a close game. I think Clemson wins. I think I think NC State covers that spread. I think they lose by less than a touchdown. I'm talking maybe uh, – again, we talked about last-second field goals kicked, last-second field goals missed. Uh, it could very well come down to a last-minute field goal for one of these teams, and Clemson will take the win. All right, those are your college games. Let's waste no more time and get straight into pro. Uh, Frick's Picks, NFL, week four. Let's start off. At Cincinnati, we get the Miami Dolphins taking on the Bengals. The undefeated Miami Dolphins are going into Cincinnati as a four-point underdog on Thursday night football. Um, listen, I've, I've gone on record. Thursday night football games are generally not exciting. Uh, Thursday night football games are generally low scoring. Um, and we don't know the status of Tua Tagovailoa. Um that might be contributing factor to the fact that the Bengals are a four-point favorite. But everybody's been doubting the Dolphins all season. They're the last undefeated team in the AFC after knocking off the my for, for my, you know, my buck, the best team in the NFL and the in the Bills last week. Uh, and the Bengals finally just got their first win in week three. Uh, but it was against the New York Jets, a team that had to, to get an onside kick and, and barely be able to squeak out their only one of the season against the Browns in week two. Um, with or without Tua, I think Miami's just too good. I mean, they're, they're on fire right now. Great defense. I think I think they went out right. I keep talking about teams winning out right who are, who are being under, you know listed as underdogs. I like them to beat Cincinnati, even though they're playing in Ohio. Um, I definitely think they cover this spread. I don't. I don't think we see Miami go down and, and get their first loss on the season, um, but they definitely cover. Take Miami over the Bengals. Next up, Arizona at Carolina. I don't know. I, I would imagine that this hurricane would be through there by then. Uh, Carolina, a one and a half point favorite. This is a four oh five kickoff on Sunday. Um, again, the Carolinas getting hit with with a hurricane this weekend. Um, I feel like the Panthers, I, I laughed at my own joke here. The Panthers are also going to get hit by a team from the desert. Uh, the Cardinals are much more talented um, than their one and two record indicates. Um, they obviously needed overtime and a, and, a, and a fumble to beat the, I believe, the currently winless Raiders. But there's too much talent on that team for them to, to, to continue to lose games. Um you, you think Carolina maybe got back on track last week, um, but I, I still like I like Arizona. Even if Carolina wins, it'll, it, it's, it's going to be by less than two. It'll be a one-point win for the Panthers, but I'm taking Arizona once again to win outright over the Panthers. Next up, we're going to go back in time. <laughs> I've gone through a Thursday night football game, but then I just went to a straight 405 game. I've got two 1 o'clock games we're going to pick from. Cleveland at Atlanta. Cleveland, a one-and-a-half-point favorite on the road, one o'clock kickoff. The Browns are a bad fourth quarter away, and I just mentioned to the Jets, from being 3-0 and and being one of two AFC undefeateds and looked really impressive by just dominating the Pittsburgh Steelers. The score was closer than the game actually was. Um, the Falcons, however, despite beating another really bad Seattle team last week, are not good. I, the Falcons will finish fourth in that division, will finish with another top 10 pick this coming season. Um, 
the Browns won uh, win this week by seven or more. Um, that clearly covers that one and a half point spread. Give me the Browns over the Falcons this week. Last but not least, the two of the three teams that lost to the Dolphins this year, Buffalo Bills at the Baltimore Ravens, another one o'clock kickoff. Buffalo, a three-point road favorite. Uh, listen, Buffalo's secondary is really banged up. Micah Hyde out for the season with a neck injury. Uh, Godspeed for that. I don't like hearing about neck injuries in football because if we, if, if Chris Carson tells us anything, they can be career enders. Um, but despite Micah Hyde, they were losing, missing their state, their other starting safety last week. Um, so their secondary is banged up. However, it's Baltimore's run game that is the strength of that offense. Uh, despite the Ravens hosting, I like the Bills to get back on track in a big way this week. I'm taking the Bills uh, once again. Uh, Two-point loss to the Dolphins. I said that the Bills are going to beat every team by multiple scores until they show me otherwise. And despite showing me otherwise last week, I still like them to win by uh, multiple scores this coming week. Ladies and gentlemen, that was this week's football episode. Once again, I sincerely apologize for putting off the AEW All Out review. At this point, it's probably out of most of your, your minds um, considering that, that we're a few weeks obviously removed from the show. Um, we've already got a new AEW world champion. Uh, we, we've got some some fun new storylines coming in. Soraya, uh, formerly known as uh, WWE's Paige, made her debut on AEW Dynamite. It'll be, I guess, a week ago uh, from the time of this airing this show. Uh, but a lot of fun stuff happening. And again, we're going to make it up to y'all for, for missing this week's wrestling show and last week's wrestling show. Uh, so stay tuned on Tuesday, either Monday, super late Monday night, Tuesday morning. Uh, you'll be able to listen to our new wrestling show. Uh, and it'll go on Tobacco Roads Sports Radio uh, next week as well. Hopefully you enjoyed this week's football episode. If you are listening to this show, one of our 13 view, uh, listeners, if you are in the, uh, the storm path of this hurricane, be it Georgia, the Carolinas, or Florida. I saw some really gnarly videos uh, down in Florida earlier tonight. Please be safe. I was two years old when the Category 4 storm Hurricane Hugo hit Charleston. Um, these storms are no joke. Please be safe. Stay indoors. Stock up on some groceries. Uh, if need be, board up the windows. Uh, hunker down. Hopefully it will be gone uh, just as quickly as it surprised. I didn't really surprise us, but just as quickly as it comes, hopefully it will be gone. Uh, but please, um, thoughts and prayers to all of you who are in the path of that storm, and please stay safe. Beyond that, hopefully you enjoyed this week's football episode. Hopefully my advice on the buys and sells, hopefully my Frick's picks will give you uh, some good luck this week. Stay tuned once again next week for the AEW All Out Review and the stimming discussion, as well as more football talk next week, right here on Tap House and Touchdowns. So for Tap House and Touchdowns, it's your guy, Bully Rye, and I'll be around.